Welcome back, everybody, to the Doctor Who Flashcast on the Incomparables TV podcast. I'm Jason Snell, and I don't even remember how we do this. It's been a year. It's been an entire year. All of 2019 went by since uh, since the resolution episode. But we're back for episode one of season 12 of Doctor Who. And joining me to kick off this season of Doctor Who Flashcasts is my uh, my number one Doctor Who. Well, I'll, let's not rank them, but one of my top Doctor Who experts in Scotland, James Thompson. Hello. I I, I think it's one or two. We'll I, see. I just I I could hear Liz being offended as I said it, so I'm going to be like, <laughs> yeah. no, no, okay. I would back down from that statement as well. Yeah, it's um, it's good. You've you've been my go-to. You you are the first person I met as an adult with whom I could share the fact that we know way too much about Doctor Who. You were the, literally the first person. I was like, oh, James, James knows all the things that I know that I shouldn't know about <laughs> about serials from the early 1970s and things like that. Indeed, we had a conversation once at a, a conference and said, yeah, we should just record this. Mm, it was and turns out that's we invented podcasting, Doctor Who podcasting yes, right th- that day mm-hmm. we invented it's a great day. So Spyfall Part One um, by uh, showrunner uh, Chris Chibnall. The the part one did that warm your heart a little bit because it feels very old Doctor Who, doesn't it? Just have part one there. <laughs> yes, I, I like that, and I, I think I could detect a certain amount of Bond pastiche in it. I'm not sure. Oh, mm, you you are a discerning viewer. Uh, not only is the title Spyfall, uh, which is itself a takeoff on Skyfall, the James Bond movie, but. Um, the one that made me laugh of all of the spy things that are in this episode, because uh, this is uh, not quite a James Bond movie parody or pastiche, but definitely a Doctor Who episode with a bunch of doc- of uh, James Bond sprinkled over the top. But the one that made me laugh is when they go to the party, and this we'll, we'll talk about the whole plot, but when they go to the party late in the episode, it happens to be a casino-themed yes. birthday party, <laughs> and that made me laugh, because I'm like, of course, because you got to have your gambling scenes in James Bond movies, and here it's a, a, a casino-themed birthday party, because why not? Why not? Well, if you're the head of a, a big San Francisco tech company, I guess that's just what you do. Yeah, so strangely, as somebody who lives north of San Francisco, I thought it was strangely specific that they specified that uh, the Daniel Barton of Vor uh, is, in, uh, is north of San Francisco. And because uh, that's where I am, <laughs> it was very weird. But and then when they go to the party and it's at a winery at a, at a vineyard, I thought, oh, that's why they said that. That because that presumably he is in the wine country in Napa or Sonoma, which is not too far from where I am. So that that was I, I saw how they set that up. As it turns out, I will point out. I'll just do it now. Um, that was a pretty good match for San Francisco. Uh, it was really more of a Google kind of Mountain View thing than the the Vore campus than a San Francisco thing. Um, but it was not one of those things where you could you could really glance at it and be like, "There's no way that that would be plausibly anywhere in San Francisco or the San Francisco area." So I was impressed by that. The only regional note that I want to make is we we don't have the wine country doesn't have spectacular mountains like that. So good job. South Africa. I assume South Africa it was the double because I know they did a lot of location shooting in South Africa. Was the double for most of the stuff that we saw that had kind of like the the Australian outback and the spectacular uh, winery in the vineyard. Yeah, I mean, he could have just had those mountains built with his San Francisco money. I suppose they were they were quite spectacular. Maybe they're just pretend they're like set set pieces that he has to please well, himself well you know the, billion the, on that one the tagline at the end was everything you think you know is a lie so who knows who knows who knows okay so doctor who is back uh unusual for i think this is the first time that they've done it this way in the in the new series that rather than this being a special episode because they did a, a New Year's special last year after the season ran. This year, it is kicking off the season with the special. Um, so that's a little unusual. And it's part one. So it's definitely trying to find, I think, from a, a ratings perspective, they're trying to find a holiday audience and grab hold of them and then pull them with a cliffhanger into the rest of the, the series, which I think is a good move. And uh, as a series 
or a season opener, um, we get reintroduced to these characters who we haven't seen in a year and may have forgotten. So we meet Ryan, who it turns out actually does have friends and was playing basketball with them, although he missed his shot. Um, uh, we see Yaz and her family. Um, which I, I have one note, which is remember back in 2005 when the show came back and, um, and in the commentaries, Russell T. Davis and Julie Gardner would lament how they couldn't, and Phil Collinson would lament how they couldn't mention like real products. And so they had like fake search engines and things. And, in, <laughs> and in this, they're just talking to Alexa. Uh, and I thought, well, other ladies and canisters are available, but, but of course they make a joke about how it doesn't understand play rubber soul which should be the simplest of commands and uh and yaz's dad can't make it work and it was called out as alexa in the subtitles yeah. explicitly it's it's funny it was that yeah it's an alexa that doesn't understand what he's saying which is which is pretty great later we get a voice uh gps that just says die 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 which is but we also get yeah. uh, uber got a call out uh-huh. and there were a variety other, of other car sharing services are available but uber yes. worst uber ever is what graham so we also are reminded of graham who is a cancer survivor who's getting a checkup um and he says that he's been traveling uh uh, and oh, I should mention that that Ryan's friends give him a hard tra- time because um, he keeps saying that he's got injuries and things, and, and that he's traveling and he's not available. That's how he's dealing with traveling with a doctor. And Yaz um, keeps getting uh, seconded basically to like other agencies for for uh, for training, which is obviously just the cover for her uh, her going on trips with the doctor. Which I, I keep thinking. If you've got a time machine, you should be able to not make their disappearances quite so obvious, but apparently that's not happening with this group. And it lets us meet the TARDIS team uh, before we get off on this first adventure. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I, I was thinking the same thing about the, uh, using the time machine as a time machine, but mm-hmm. uh, apparently uh, it's just difficult to keep track of everything. So there's still the occasional period where people are missing yeah, and I, I get that over a long period of time, if you traveled with the doctor for for ten years and then they dropped you off where the where, where the doctor picked you up, uh, you'd be ten years older and that'd be super awkward. But uh, would it be more awkward than disappearing for ten years? I don't know. I don't know. Um, so anyway, the, all of the TARDIS team are collected by men in suits who look very much like uh, you know spy type people or secret service type people which they are basically and the doctor meanwhile is in a garage in uh in sheffield with the tardis up on a crane up on blocks she's doing some wiring work which uh, made me laugh and i thought that was funny but she also is picked up by the um by the the men in the suits who are uh who are, are very, you know, they, they're not describing what they're doing. And so they kind of assume that they're being kidnapped, which is not actually quite what's happening. And I thought that was a little bit strange because, like, have you not seen a spy movie? There's obviously something uh, very spy-like happening here. But they also don't identify themselves and say, we need to take you to MI6. They just, like, don't say anything until after, um, uh, like, a death beam shoots out of the, the car play <laughs> in, the, in the car that's being driven. And uh, that guy is dead. And they're, the car tries to run them into other cars. Uh, and finally, the doctor uses a mirror to reflect the death beam and destroy it. At which point, Stephen Fry comes on the line and says, what's going on there? Yeah, I did wonder with the, the car going berserk if that was more meta-commentary on self-driving cars and the, the evils of the tech industry, which seemed to be an underlying theme in this episode. Yeah, and there's some of that coming from the science fiction perspective and I think some of that coming from the James Bond perspective, right? It's like you always yeah. have the tech, you know, these days especially, you a technology billionaire, shady billionaire who's got a shady agenda and they're they're using their technology for evil and that goes back a long way in, in James Bond movies too. So it's it, both of those things are, are happening here. Um, Stephen Fry is uh, at our, our contact at MI6. Um, yes, I, re- I remember Stephen Fry playing Control, who was a very sea-like figure in the A Bit of Fry and Laurie series in the 80s. So seeing him back in a, a secret uh, service position was quite yeah, nice. I enjoy, I enjoy seeing Stephen Fry, and he, he is sea, right? So Control could be indeed what he is. Um, well, I believe C is the actual uh, letter used for the head right, of As MI6. opposed to M, which yes. is well, from the James Bonds. It's not James Bond has taught us to l- lies about the, what letters are used. 
Yes, it's shameful. Well, um, I, I, uh, so he he uh, he welcomes the TARDIS team and explains that he's been going on, but of course he introduces himself to Graham because he assumes Graham is the Doctor, which leads to what I I laughed out loud for quite a while actually when. Um, he says, I'm not the doctor and, uh, Jody Whittaker pops in and says, uh, yeah, it's me. I've had a bit of an upgrade. Hi. <laughs> at that, I, like I had to pause it because I was laughing so hard at that. That was, that was really good. <laughs> and I like how this show has at times just kind of laid it out there that, that, uh, yeah, this is different. This is not, we're not going to pretend that everything's exactly the same. Things are different. People make assumptions, but, uh, it was an enjoyable little moment. And then Stephen Fry is like, all right. And we move along. But, uh, that was that I, I did think if you know enough to go and collect uh the doctor uh with your men in black team you probably have done some research and actually knew that uh she well, was a woman I, at this i point. don't know i mean they, i figure they have like where's the tardis or something like that they've got a they've got some trackers and maybe also that he just said collect the doctor and whoever he's traveling with and bring them to me and and he delegated that and didn't quite realize what was going on well, that is a sort of upper management mm-hmm. thing, I guess. It could be. It could be. Even if you, if information is your business, maybe you should know that. But perhaps not. Or perhaps he was just falling back on um, old habits because he saw Graham and figured that Graham must be the doctor. He fits the, he fits the look, but it is not. It is not him. Now, I made a note at this point, which is, it's a real shame that Unit doesn't exist anymore because he's talking about all of the international spy agencies, all the international intelligence agencies have had their spies attacked by. That's the opening montage of this. I didn't mention it, but in credits, there's like various spies. There's like three spies in three different places who are um, who are attacked by a mysterious presence that like comes out of walls and stuff, and is very clearly an alien something or other. Um, but you know. If you had a unified or United Nations intelligence task force, perhaps you could uh, get it all together instead of having to have the local intelligence chief call in the doctor. But as is then cited like a minute later in the show, Unit and Torchwood are gone and that's like budget cuts or something. <laughs> I don't know, but it's basically the doctor's like, yeah, you're dumb. You, why, why are they gone? Uh, and I, I was asking myself that question too. I think the answer is because it's not as fun when there's giant global organizations who know everything about aliens just like the doctor does. It's more fun when they don't know. But, uh, but I, I did have that moment of like, why is it MI6 again? Like, shouldn't there be? <laughs> Isn't that why there was a unit? But oh well. I, I think in one of the previous, maybe it was one of the previous Jodie Whittakers, there was some uh, Brexit reference to yeah. uh, why unit had gone away. And well, here we are. So <laughs> so everything has been attacked, uh, working on something related to this guy, uh, Daniel Bart. Barton, who is a tech billionaire who uh, was originally, it, this is one of those kind of like hazy moments where it's like, why is every every government is having intelligence people who are investigating this guy who used to be an MI6 guy, but now isn't, and they don't know what his story is and why he's, why he's uh, you know, what he's up to. Um, anyway, there, there, is a, a, there is a mystery going on, and so... Um, this is intriguing, and I turn to to Lauren and I say, "You know, it's great to see Stephen Fry, and he is he is dead." <laughs> yeah, I guess you could only get him in for a day's filming or something like that. And yeah, what do you do when you've got this mystery to solve? The answer is obviously split the party. Something that D and D players are told never to do, and that is the uh, the doctor is going to take Graham with her to Australia to find a very rapidly kind of explained that that uh there's somebody she knows who's the expert on this within the government and he's gone off somewhere uh and sent a a steganographically encoded information about where he is that so she can go find him that happens very quickly like i was trying to play catch up there like who is this guy and what but anyway we'll find out who he is uh and so she and graham are going to go to australian outback and find him and they're going to drop off yaz and ryan and they are going to investigate they're going to do some spy stuff with spy gadgets and doctor who gadgets and uh learn more about daniel barton the mysterious billionaire and what he is up to and so they you know that way you can cover cover more ground that way they split up yeah i i I liked the the scene with uh, the him starting to take the photos and he forgets to take the lens cap off Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, he's well. That, that's a good moment because he's super nervous. Ryan is super nervous about doing this, and Yaz is a, a a cop, and she's much more comfortable in this role. And she's so good at what her job is that she says, um, "He's nervous. He's a big fan, right?" Like, and and then and then Ryan continues to be nervous, and it's okay because now it's part of the cover, and she's good in that way. Um, so they're in San Francisco. Um, they do some the some uh like so this this barton guy is uh so this is lenny henry right yes um it in the grand doctor who tradition of getting a very recognizable british comedian in who possibly people outside of the uk look at and go i don't know who this right. is we know who stephen fry is but we don't know who lenny henry is i know lenny henry the first i ever heard of lenny henry was when somebody showed me a i think they gave me a copy on videotape that had made the rounds with doctor who fans of the doctor who sketch that lenny henry did on his show in the uk yes. in the 80s that's so i actually know lenny henry because of a doctor who sketch even though Anybody in the UK knows Lenny Henry because he is Lenny Henry and he is famous. Yes. And uh, Lenny Henry, I knew from there was a kids TV show called Tiz Was, uh, which was the first thing that I was aware of him in. And it was the sort of anarchic to the point of should children be allowed to watch this? Oh, Um, but it it was a lot of fun. And uh, he did impressions and things on that. Uh, but yes, he got a variety of his own shows and uh, known for stand-up and stuff yeah, very, as well. Very well known. He he is our tech billionaire. He is uh, He's basically Google. Vor is the name of his company, but he's basically, he talks about it, it's a search engine. He's basically, uh, what if this guy was the inventor of Google? And uh, he's 7% short of being all human in his DNA, which is very confusing. Um, uh, so what, what's going on with him? We don't know yet. This, this episode, because it's a part one, um, it, it in general is a laying down of the mystery with occasional bouts of action, but, uh, no resolution. It felt, um, in good ways and bad ways to me, it felt like a classic Doctor Who episode in the sense that you can tell that this episode d- doesn't need to get to a destination, really. It needs to get to a cliffhanger, but it doesn't need to resolve the story, and therefore it sort of sprawls out and, and meanders and, and, and spends a lot of time kind of in setup without without resolving things. And, you know, I don't know if you felt that way about it, but it felt... I, going in, knowing it was part one, especially, I looked at it and I thought, oh, you have no intention of paying off any of this anytime soon, do you? And it didn't. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I was thinking the same thing, but I was kind of watching it, trying to unpick exactly where it was going to go. And um, I did not guess at all where it was actually going, but we'll get to that yeah. later. But, um, I, you know, so like the next bit, they go and see O, mm-hmm. um, uh, played by Sasha Dewan, who played, I believe, Waris Hussein. Waris Hussein uh, in a, An Adventure in Space and Time, the first director of Doctor Who. I, I spent the entire time he was on screen thinking... Where has he been? And because he's introduced as a character that the doctor has met before, and that and and that the character says, "I knew him when I knew the doctor when she was a man," and uh, which is a fun little moment because again, calling out that this is uh, a different doctor than than the show has had before. And Graham makes a comment about how uh, he thought that was a joke, right? And he's like, "No, yeah. no, it's real." But um, and those all have mean, double meanings later when we realize what's going on. But I, I kept thinking because it's referenced that there's a previous relationship here. Like, what episode was Sasha Dewan on as this character? Because I don't remember him being in Doctor Who, and yet back in the he- back of my mind, I was like, "Or do I?" Because I can kind of picture him. And it turns out, yeah, he was in the docu drama about the creation of Doctor Who for the fiftieth. Because he yeah. was Warris Hussein, the first director. So that's where yeah. I remember and him. Also, he's in Dracula, which is on tonight, uh, which is the Stephen Moffat and uh, Mark Gatiss oh. Dracula series. Oh, so, I didn't know that that was, that was premiering. That's exciting. Yes, it, it's premiered as, as yeah, we speak. As we but speak. I have not yet watched it because this is my uh, priority. Priority, yes. Well, it'll be there when we're done. Um, um, yeah, no, the, the 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 whole bit with him and he's O and he's in Australia and there's these these two guards that's like oh guards <laughs> you're not gonna make it uh, and uh, and they're out in the middle of the Australian outback and there's this whole 
thing where they're kind of like out there isolated and and uh, there may be weird aliens out there menacing them. And there's a lot of kind of creepy stuff with lights turning on with nobody there, which I found really effective because for me, scary, unreal monsters don't scare me because they're not real. They can't like an alien. It's like, well, that's not real. But being like out in the middle of the Australian outback and there's nobody else around and then motion control, you know, like motion lights are going on and there's nothing there. That's scary. Like a real I, I was, thing. I, I was thinking it was probably kangaroos. But probably. Yes. It, it's, it, it turns out it's not. But I, anyway, I thought that was a, that was a nice moment because because this is all set up in terms of plot. This episode is trying to give us little set pieces, little action moments or little suspense moments kind of within. And this is one of those where they're 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 a. Uh, uh, a hut under siege out in the Australian outback. Yes. Um, and a bunch of these uh, blinding white kind of figures that from the front look vaguely like uh, Tom Baker <laughs> wearing his hat. <laughs> I, I kept thinking it's that it's that Tom Baker silhouette, uh, except these are monsters. And it just, it's, it's just the one angle where they look like that. But they're these weird creatures that have been coming through the walls and all that. And they're blinding white. They're all white. Uh, like they're kind of not there, but also there. Um, and they, uh, they get rid of, they disappear the guards and they, they, uh, the doctor zaps some of them. Um, there are, um, the, uh, O, O makes a very dramatic press of computer keys because if you press them harder, more energy is released <laughs> to attack the invaders. I thought it was funny. Uh, did, have you read any of the speculation as to the identity of said aliens? Uh, no, I haven't. Uh, the Vord from the Keys of Marinus, ah. which I think is the fifth, uh, first Doctor Who, uh, fifth story. Uh, apparently their silhouette is very similar and Vor and Vord, uh, it's probably then. Okay, well, the Vord, maybe it's, I mean, we, we haven't said yet what the, the truth is about, oh, we'll, we'll get there. But there's a lot, there's a lot going on here um, in the background. He does press computer keys dramatically it turns out later that this is all kind of for show they do catch one of these um white shape aliens in a cage and uh and they it says the doctor has talked to it it says creepily we come from far beyond we take this form to mock you we are stable now we are ready to take this and she's like what this country this world this universe which is you know that's creepy it's super creepy yeah i i mean i i I think the the less we see of the monsters the more effective they are once they're like just glowing things trapped in a box they're less effective but um I, I like the way that when they sort of come through the walls and stuff, they pick up like the texture of whatever right. it is they've come through. So uh, they had like the in one of the previous scenes, I think with Stephen Fry, there was like bits of the the uh, paintings that they had come through. Were right. Picked up. Yeah. Exactly. I like the I like the blank white too, just because it, you don't know what they are. They're they're very otherworldly, and when they say that we're not even from this universe, I think that's I think that adds to the kind of creepiness of them that we haven't really seen them. They're they're this featureless white blob, whatever they are. We 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 can't conceive it, or we aren't seeing it yet. Um, but you're right. Once you trap one in a box, it's a little less interesting. And I, I, of course, going back through it, I keep asking myself, why? It, why is this whole thing going on? Is it just uh, the master having fun? I don't oh, you know. said the word. I did say it. I had to say it there because because this is this is where it ends up, and we'll we'll get there. But like, it turns out that O is not the guy that the doctor thought he was. It's it's the master. Um, and playing the long game as he always does. But then you look back on this whole segment and you're like, he's just having a good time. He's just playing around with them. He wants to lure them into exactly the right moment to do the thing that he wants them to do. Cause I, I don't know. It's, it's, I, it's, 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 it makes, it makes less sense. I think in retrospect, when you realize that he's n- not who he says he was and well, he's working with or controlling these white, you know, monsters. But he he does drop in the line about look for the spy master, mm. uh, which you know I, I I appreciate any time an episode gets one over on me like that that I sure. don't notice when yeah, they've done should, something. You should never hear the word master in Doctor Who without being deeply suspicious. I think exactly. is what we've learned. Yes. Um. So 
they're uh, ready to take the universe. There's lots of computer computering that happens. Um, the the doctor, meanwhile, oh, meanwhile, oh, um, Ryan and Yaz are using magic computer gadgets to. Uh, it's basically the same stuff from Into the Spider-Verse, where it's yeah. like you can attach a thing and you can take data from somebody. And then uh, I guess Into the Spider-Verse, they end up taking the whole computer. But here there's like a little vacuum that sucks the data out of the computer by placing it on the screen, which is it's fine. It's Doctor Who. This is a, a gadget from the Doctor. It's not supposed to. I'm actually relieved when it's just the Doctor has a gadget or there's a gadget for, for taking it. So we're not supposed to think that it's a makes any sense in terms of computers i feel better about it it's like <laughs> it's just magic it's like i don't need to worry about it it's it's not a, it's not just like a regular hacker it's a it's magic computer magic um and and uh daniel barton comes in and says i know you're here show yourselves while yaz and ryan are hiding behind a couch um, yes but I, I thought the hiding behind a couch was very meta as well yeah and i had that thought of like well don't don't show yourself now he may be talking to someone else and he is he's talking to the white crackling energy monsters um and they report that there have been obstacles because of course in the australian act back they've they've zapped uh, a bunch of them uh we must remove them all they say um and then he knows that they're there they attack um Yaz disappears and goes to this very weird place where there's kind of um, tree trunks or vines or so, giant blades of grass or tubes. My, my, or... my thought on that is that she's been shrunk down in some fashion. Well, uh, given given the tissue uh, compressor that, that is revealed later, that's possible. Um, it definitely seems like she's kind of in a wiring system right because there's lights going around beneath her feet and in these tubes almost like it's wiring um but wherever she is she she then pops into the box in australia so there's also this question like if they say they're from another universe is it possible that she's being kind of pushed into where they're from and then from there they can push her back out somewhere else where they are like where that other creature was in the box because she gets popped into the box in australia via this kind of um interim a uh, weird interim place where the doctor gets set at the end. So we don't know what it is, but it is but, set up that there's this interstitial location that you can go to. Also, given the nature, I suspect, of uh, the master's uh, cabin in the outback, given that we see it flying later yes. on, it's probably his TARDIS. And thus, yes. you know, all, all bets are off as to exactly what's happening. Right, right. This is true. So, um, they they do go in the end to uh, oh there's a there's some nonsense where there's a bunch of different Earths with a bunch of different dots on it, and there's this question of like alien spies and steganography and all this stuff that's sort of nonsense. And also after the reveal of who O really is, kind of a question about if it means anything anyway. I, I suspect the master had just watched you know some Daniel Craig Bond films. Yeah. And set everything up. Yeah, it's but... the master who's really doing the homage to James Bond here. Probably. Yes, exactly. Um, so they, so, and then we get our, our, our set piece at the winery and the vineyard, um, in, uh, in the wine country in California, there's a casino party. They dress up for it. Jody Whitaker gets to wear her, um, her, her, uh, tuxedo top and her bow tie and everybody else is dressed up. Um, she doesn't go all the way. She's still got the short, whatever her pants are, the little short pants. Well, she's just putting her own stamp on on an outfit. Yeah. But I, yeah. I did like, she did the, you know, the name's Doctor, the Doctor, uh-huh. which amused. A little uh, bit, yeah. A little bit bond, Bondish, maybe. Just a little? Just yeah, a touch? Given the, how the music in every one of those scenes goes, um, you know, almost to the point of litigious. Uh, of like John Barry kind of dun, yes. dun, 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 kind of yeah mm-hmm. and there's roulette and and uh actually in a joke that I really like it's a joke that I made so my friends and I watched every James Bond movie when I was in high school uh, in a marathon and we made uh, multiple James Bond parody movies when we were when we were in high school and one of the scenes that we had in multiple parodies was the confusing gambling scene because bond movies especially the ones that have um they they like casinos and they like baccarat which is the most 
if you just see Baccarat being played, it doesn't make any sense. Like, it's uh, what is happening? So we we did a, a riff on that. And I feel like that is what, what Spyfall is riffing on when the doctor keeps taking cards and then putting things down and everybody looks at her and she's like, is that not the game we're playing? It's like, yeah, it, uh, who knows what these games are that they're playing at the casino. It doesn't make any sense. So it made me laugh. And yeah, and and we have been into a... I think I was at a Bentley or something drives off and then conveniently we have a number of motorbikes uh, to oh, yeah. chase. I should Bentley. say before, just before we get there, she does confront Lenny oh, yes, Henry. Yes. Who and claims- that is, that is the perfect James Bond, right? Because it's that moment where you meet the mastermind and you talk, you meet the socially at a casino often and you talk and it's very threatening and yet also very kind of like just a conversation. It's like, I wouldn't be so sure if I were you. It's that kind of conversation. And that's what it is. Like it's that she's like, oh, I, I, uh, I have a habit of sticking around. You know, Don't come around here anymore. And it's like, we're, we're not going to fight right here, but you know, everybody is on notice that this is what's going to happen. That that could not be a more James Bond-like scene but if, he you, also, uh, if you tried. He claims ignorance on a number of things. And I did start to wonder, maybe he is ignorant of some things, mm. uh, given, the, given the overall setup. Uh, like he might not have known what percentage of uh, human he was. Right. Uh, but as it turns out, it, it's probably a moot point. Indeed, indeed. So he, uh, so yes, we do get the we get the chase scene uh, where there are the convenient bikes and and another line, a good Doctor Who line, a line that made me really laugh is basically the Doctor says, "Hey, remember when we went to the bike festival on our bike trip or whatever?" It's like, so let's ride these motorcycles because in a previously you know unseen adventure, they uh, they rode motorbikes, so they jump on the the motorbikes and chase down the the car. Um, through going through, uh, you know, down the dirt roads and in between the rows of the vineyard, which uh, I enjoyed. I thought that was fun. Yes. Um, And then, you know, to the private airport that had Mm -hmm. been uh, referenced earlier. Yes. Many planes. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes. It's not just that, but it's the, ah, let me tell you about flying. I like to fly. I fly my friends around. I'm sure this won't be important later. It's yes. like, oh, I see. That was not, it seemed extraneous at the time is the classic Wayne's World line, right? It's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, there it is. I like to fly. You don't say. Well, that'll and, come and, back. And of course, the plane that you pick for all your, your day-to-day flying is the one that has the big cargo loading uh, bay on the yeah. back. And, the pa- and, and will hold hundreds of passengers because... It's a it, rather than like a little private jet, which uh, I think is I think maybe is down to the fact that they that's the set that they could use is like an airplane set, yeah, like an airline set, and they didn't have a private jet set or something, and so they use this instead. I don't know, but th- there seemed to be I, I don't really quite understand why that was the plane that he that he chose, other than the, for production reasons outside of it. But it's fine. He's just that wasteful as a billionaire that he'll yes. fly a seven forty seven around if he needs to. Um, let's see what, what else, uh, what else happened? So, oh, so we're on the plane. Yes. Uh, and, and, with, and we, we reached the, the, the kind of where the entire episode has been leading. Right. Which is onto this plane. They, they get O on just by the skin of his teeth. Uh, cause he's very slow. He's and, not a uh, championship sprinter. He's uh, not a championship, uh, sprinter, which is the problem because the doctor says, well, wait a second. You, you were a championship sprinter when you were a kid and he has that moment where he's like ah oh, so close <laughs> i was like what 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 i mean this is there's a lot of spy stuff right so it's like secret double agent twist thing except in that moment it's a great moment and i did not see it coming he says look i told you to look for the spy master and 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 as a doctor who fan you're like oh 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 no! <laughs> and he says, and that's why I picked the name. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, I mean it was a good reveal. Um, yeah. I, so I was thinking. So, assuming he's a sort of post John Sim, pre Michelle Gomez. I'm not sure how the timelines work, or is he no, pre John no, well, Sim? John Sim regenerates into Michelle Gomez, so I think he is either pre John Sim. And pre, pre, I, I here's here's my yes in in that episode at the end of the Peter Capaldi era, um, she says she vaguely remembers, um, waking up 
Like it's been, after having been shot and all that, it's like it's very strongly hinted at least that they're linked. I'm going to assume that in the grand tradition of the master, that although we saw Michelle Gomez's master very clearly die and have John Sim say, "You won't regenerate." There, suffice it to say, she did, and now there's a new master. I mean, that seems however to be, it works, the master because the master dies definitively over and over again, and then yes. later reappears and just says, "Oh no, I didn't die." Or it could be a master from the other universe that these creatures are from. Or... It could be a parallel master, or it could be that yes, it's from a previous. It's somewhere after um, the classic I mean, series it, and before the modern still series. Seem to be very much into uh, tissue compression. Um, yeah, so... that's true. Uh, so it's just post Anthony Ainley, or maybe it's pre Roger Delgado. I don't know. Yeah, but uh, it's Doctor uh, Who. But I, I would, I would just say that usually the TV series likes to just say, "Oh yeah, well, it's the Master. Uh, he's back. He figured out a way." Okay. I, I did like Sasha Dewan doing the sort of, you know, the, the um, oh yes, I am evil. Uh, I shall now uh, chew the scenery. Yeah, thing and and the I. Because one of the things that's great about the master is the master really enjoys his work, right? Like he does it for the fun of it. He does the evil plans and things for fun to toy with people to, to, you know, and so he does that in this where he's just sort of like giggling. He's like, ha this is great. Like, I don't have to hide it anymore. I love it. This is, this is fantastic. I, mean, I got you. If she hadn't picked up on the running thing, I don't know how he was going to do the, 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 the reveal. Um, but, but yes, I, I I liked it, and I think he will be a good master, uh, assuming that he sticks around for right. uh, the rest of the the season slash uh, this incarnation. Right. But, uh, yeah, he was good. The thing I was trying to remember where I'd seen him before, and he was uh, in Iron Fist as Davos, the the person who didn't get the iron fist mm. uh and so i had him in my head as being somewhat evil which i didn't know why he was somewhat evil but i i had my suspicions about him but nothing concrete and certainly not that concrete right but um, yeah but yeah i liked it i mean it, it it was like um a bit like the um the john sim reveal except that involved a regeneration but uh, just it, it came out of you know left field, and it yeah, was this and, and meek like the character, John, like the John Sim thing. It's also him saying, "Oh yeah, well, what what happened was I went back in his timeline and then shrunk him into a little toy that I keep in a box and replaced him, regenerated into him, replaced him, and uh, and then have been building you know within intelligence circles and all that building for this this day so when you met me before it was me but i was playing the long game because i love to play the long game which is a it's a very master thing i i should say also so there's uh our friend lenny henry daniel barton has disappeared he went to the cockpit but he's not there anymore but there's a bomb there which has got a, a minute to go before it blows up and uh the master says everything you think you know is a lie and uh then he and the doctor basically uh, the bomb goes off. He and the doctor basically are taken in or he disappears or he goes elsewhere. I, I'm not quite sure. The doctor goes in to the same place where Yaz was before. And meanwhile, the doctor's companions are all on a crashing airplane. Yeah. And that's our cliffhanger. Uh, that's a proper Doctor Who. Everyone's clearly going to die cliffhanger that will be resolved within 30 four seconds. days yeah yes well 30 seconds and, in four and, days and four days right because yeah. the next episode is is only uh sunday yeah uh, but uh so so funny you know a first episode of a season you want to kick things off you want to go i think kind of broad especially if you're in your britain in britain you're the bbc you want to have a big audience you want to get them to remember who the characters were you want to have some fun and some big stuff i feel like that's the rule of a holiday special and it's the rule of a first episode that you you a I know this seems weird, but like I really feel like those episodes follow a different playbook and must be judged accordingly than yeah. your like episode five in the middle of a series. It's a different kind of thing. You're you're you're. It's the big kickoff, and this is both. This is a holiday special that is the big kickoff, which has never happened before, really, on Doctor Who, um, in the modern series. So, um, and that and so how I judge it is that which is, you know, 
it, it's it's part one, so it doesn't have a conclusion. It has a lot of funny jokes. It has a lot of interesting set pieces with action and suspense. Um, it sets up a lot of kind of ridiculous things that some of which seem to not matter anymore because they had the master reveal. The master reveal was good, um, and I like Sasha Dewan. I think he's a good actor, so I, I really enjoy that kind of pairing. I hope to see a lot more of him doing this because it, it was fun. Um, and beyond that, I'm not quite sure how to evaluate this episode. Um, it, it's it's because it's trying to do something different from your run of the mill Doctor Who episode. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see what you know episode three of the series is like. Once they 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 not they don't have the big two parter and they don't have the holiday thing to hang it on. Feels uh, very wh- Russell Russell T Davies to me too, right? Like big. Yeah big and like big and james bond and you know style parody genre parody or or homage to that on new year's day it feels like uh maybe chris chibnall for this series was taking a page from russell t davis who he worked with for several years in being like let's just go big and broad and get everybody in front of the telly to watch doctor who yeah, I mean, I, I'm curious whether, you know, whether it goes back to sort of more like the style of the previous season uh, for the rest of it, or, you know, is, is this kind of like where they're going in, mm. in terms of these big, more more action kind of uh, side of it? But yeah, I mean, I, I, I like the episode a lot, um, you know, if, especially judged on the, the scale of the christmas new year specials um i actually i think i preferred probably last year's one the the resolution mm-hmm. um but you know I, that that was just a good dalek episode whereas right. this is uh you know it, it, it's a bit more like the the previous uh specials in that it's like the the um the return of dr mysterio or whatever the that episode was actually called um the yeah that was it the the bond not bond the superhero uh, right one so it, it's like you know let's pick a genre and do something fun in in that genre uh, so but but yes and also it brings back the master so it, it sort of has these stakes um and i'm the the thing I guess uh, intrigues me the most is the everything you think you know is a lie. Right. Line. That feels very much like a season long story arc suggestion happening. Yeah. And I just, you know, what particular thing, you know, is there some, you know, even more childhood uh, trauma between the, the doctor and the master that hmm. we are going to find out uh as you say, uh, across the whole season, or is it just, you know, there's something in this particular setup and these, these two episodes that happens to be a lie. Yeah. I'm, I'm willing to give these episodes a little more. I, I grade them on a different scale, as I said, because I, I think that they're trying to do something different. Um, I will say, I think it, it was funny after being trained for um, 15 years, almost to, um, modern pacing of Doctor Who, this did feel slower paced. Like I said, I feel like because it really was an hour where they're doing some setup interspersed with some action. Um, and there were moments where I'm like, wow, this is just, you know, taking its time. It's not, not in a bad way necessarily, but I was surprised at, at how it felt. But I'm not sure I can judge anything. And, and, and based on this one episode about how the season is going to go, and as you mentioned it, um, I think that's the big question, right? Is PR, you, you, you work hard on a season, you release it, the ratings were pretty good. Uh, PR-wise, you're going to always say that everything was great. Um, I, I think the open question is, how did Chris Chibnall and the BBC feel about last season creatively? And did hmm. they think it worked or did they think that it didn't quite work? Because, you know, I think I talked to a lot of fans who are supportive of the casting and uh love jody whittaker and in terms of last season are kind of you know mixed on it that it was okay but it wasn't it wasn't great and uh, you know everybody's everybody can have their opinion some people can love it and some people cannot but i i'm kind of in that ballpark where it was fine and there were some good episodes but there was something not quite there and this is my overarching question as we embark on the on the next um, 
nine and a half weeks here, which is, um, did Chris Chibnall go away and say, okay, I learned a lot from that season and there are a bunch of things I want to change because I, I either either I don't like how it went last season or now that I've reset the show to zero, I need to start progressing it again. And that's what I'm really looking forward to seeing this year is um, what's just like last year and what's totally not like last year, because that will say, you know, how he feels as a showrunner about um, where he wants to take the show in the future. Yeah, I mean, the, the the only thing I'd say about that is I felt that resolution last year felt different to the the, the regular season. It did, it and, did. And, I agree. And, Almost and, as if after he played out his whole his whole original plan and was like, "Oh, and I need to do a, a holiday special," then suddenly he maybe already was thinking, "Okay, what? How do I progress this now that I've told my first ten episodes?" That, that's yeah. a good point. Yeah. So, um, I, I mean, I, I'm cautiously optimistic uh, going into it and yeah i still like the cast very much and I, I like this the the new edition of the master and you know having uh people like lenny henry in this and i hope lenny henry's back in the next episode and yeah. he had he sort of jumped out of a uh the door of the plane rather than uh has been shrunk down and is sitting in the co-pilot seat yeah i also am not entirely sure we've seen the last of stephen fry yeah. Even though he got shot, because like we never we never see anything more than he gets like shot, and then the uh, electric aliens show up. Yeah, and I, that makes me wonder if do they take him? Do they replace him with you know alien DNA? And then there's a different Stephen Fry who's in that position. Like I I feel like that was left untouched, so we may see him again. In g- part given two. the nature of spy films and like the Mission Impossible films, which is what I always fall back on for these things, it's like almost anybody could die and not be dead Um, right and and yeah the 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 thing about the which we never really touched on was the the person that the people had been taken right at the beginning they were brought back but with their dna completely rewritten in some alien form which could be that they are being turned into these uh vor or whoever they are. Right. Um, and is that is that the... Because taking all the spies, I guess the question there is, is the goal to turn all the spies on planet Earth into aliens, at which point they can try to take over the world or the universe or whatever. There's a... There's a the Master obviously has a bigger plan going on here that we ha- don't really understand yet. But that is one of the pieces that's been planted is why why take all these spies and rewrite their DNA? What what happens? Like, they're not comatose. They're just laying there. But it's like, what does that mean when they wake up and they're reactivated? And that's why I, I was thinking that about Stephen Fry was the same thing. It's like, well, he didn't get disintegrated. And that may mean that they're going to rewrite him, too. And then they've got the head of MI6 in charge of I, uh, all of this, all of this power. And he's also one of their plants. When they were talking to the alien in the box, I did. I was listening to the the processed voice. Now I was thinking at the time, is that Stephen Fry? Hmm. There was, there's a, somebody else is actually, I think, credited. Uh, uh, is it an the, anagram of the master or of Stephen Fry? <laughs> well, that's a good question. I shall now. Like everything is a lie. I need to go back and re. That that was the other thing. They never released the casting for uh, the O. Like it yes. wasn't on the official like page for the episode because when it was playing and I was trying to work out who the guy was and where I'd seen him before, yeah. it was quite difficult to figure it out. And then I was thinking, why have they not released the casting? You know, and they could have just like said he was playing O, right? Uh, but you know, if they had said O slash the master, the master, right? You know, clearly, that would have given it away a bit, but. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so a uh, good start. Uh, did you watch the trailer for the the next episode? Uh, I did. I don't remember anything about it. Uh, the, Sounds the like one more, more thing, peril. <laughs> the one thing is the opening shot is the sound of drums drumming. Oh, hmm. So it's the you know da 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 da. Yeah, some, somebody tapping, presumably. Um, the master tapping out this thing so another callback to earlier stuff well Um, that's the great thing about this this show having um run so long even in its modern incarnation is you're getting the opportunity to have these things where where characters keep coming back or references are made or aliens come back and it's all 
now like you know because this was true in the classic era it's like totally new production crew but they've got this history and they can call back to it reinterpret it and the modern series can do that now when we know this is not a spoiler really because the bbc released it because they did some external outside filming but the jadoon the rhino cop guys bo ro mo fo go go blow those guys are in an episode this season i mean literally i don't know what they are there for or why and they it could be something incredibly minor but that's an example of a russell t davis um creation of an alien just being brought back because uh for some reason they're like yeah we can do that and that that the show's been around long enough that you can do that that you can have a, a bunch of different masters and riff off of you know two showrunners ago's take on the master with your take on the master that's great Plus, you have a warehouse full of costumes somewhere, and it's always easy to say, oh, let's bring back these people. It's way easier to bring back an existing monster whose costume still exists than it is to make a new monster. That is for sure true. All right. Well, uh, Doctor Who's back. Yay. Hooray. It's nice to be in a year where there will be more than one Doctor Who episode at last. (laughs) Yes. Unless it's just a fake out and we're not getting any more until next New Year. Now, that would be a, a cliffhanger if ever there was one. Um, All right. Well, I will be back on Sunday for our second Doctor Who Flashcast. Uh, But I would like to thank James Thompson for being my first guest for season 12 of Doctor Who. I don't know what season of the Doctor Who Flashcast this is, but who's counting? Well, my my first podcast of the decade. So, hooray! That's right. Your 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 last podcast of the last decade was yesterday. So, yes. (laughs) You know. It's a lot, leaving a lot of time. Not like Doctor Who episodes where they went a year. You just went one day. But no, a decade. We're all about content. Indeed. All right. And thanks to everybody out there for listening to the Doctor Who Flashcast. Of course, you can go to theincomparable.com and find all of our podcasts there. And you can subscribe to the TV podcast, which this is a, po- uh, a part of. Or you can subscribe via RSS on the TV page. You can look for it um, and subscribe to the Doctor Who Flashcast if you want to do that. Do that too. And I will see you in but a few days for episode two, Spyfall Part Two. Until then, goodbye. Doctor Who Flashcast on the internet.